If you are digging back through the Photo Business Help Catalog, which you must be if you're hearing this message right now, keep in mind that technology changes and our offerings change. So any links that you might hear me mention during this episode you're about to hear may not work anymore. Make sure you head to photobizhelp.com forward slash links for all of our current links and offers. That's photobizhelp.com forward slash links and ignore the things that you hear in this episode today because they might be outdated. Everything you need is at photobizhelp.com forward slash links. I heard you say growing your business is like growing your hair out. And that's been with me. And I've actually said that to so many people lately. I told my niece who's in therapy, I was like, you know, it's kind of like growing your hair out. She's like, yeah, like it's such, it was so good. I was like, oh, I'm that's good. That's fantastic. After over 10 years full-time as a lifestyle photographer, I've discovered eight things that every photographer should do to build and grow a strong photography business. If you would like to strengthen your business in 2021 and learn more about the eight things that have helped me build a solid photo biz, head to photobizhelp.com forward slash eight things. That's the number eight things. That's photobizhelp.com forward slash eight things to get your copy of the eight things that I've done over the last 10 years to build a successful lifestyle photography business. That's photobizhelp.com forward slash eight things. This is the Photo Business Help Podcast, a place for photographers who want to earn money with photography and live a better life. I'm your host, Natalie Jennings. Since going full-time in 2010, photography has brought me more freedom, income, and opportunities than I ever imagined. It's been so positive for me that I want to show you everything I know. You'll learn more than just businessy things, though, including my favorite ways to be mindful and happier on this journey. You're tuned into the Photo Business Help Podcast. My name is Natalie Jennings. This is part two of the two-part interview with Libby Nieder. We are talking about client communication, and this has been so much fun. If you missed the first part, please go back and check that out because it is really, really good, and there is some amazing stuff in there, especially if communication is something that you are struggling with. So here we go. Without further ado, this is part two of my interview with Libby Nieder on communication. I'm back with Libby Nieder. We're talking about communication, and this has been so much fun so far. So if you missed episode one, please go back and listen to that so you have some context and you don't miss some of the good stuff we chatted about. We're going to just dive right back in. We just covered boundaries, which is hugely important. Libby, what do you have for us next? Well, I was going to say I have sort of a framework. When I'm thinking about my boundaries, I'm thinking about a, a seesaw. And I went into the seesaw is empathy for the client, which I think a lot of us start out really good at. (laughs) And if you don't start out really good at this, please work on it because we all need that. And then on the other side of the seesaw is self-respect for yourself. And I think that a lot of times we run into problems when the seesaw is out of balance, but the answer is almost never to take weight off either side. So if the seesaw is out of balance, being less empathetic to your clients is not going to serve you as much as being more attentive to your own self-respect and what you need. Uh huh. I think most of the time there's a way through almost any kind of conflict that sees both of those parts. 
So I've actually got a framework for this and I call it sideways through curiosity. Okay. And this has helped me solve so many things. So if you think about a presenting problem, okay, so say you've got a family session and it was an hour session and the client shows up 15 minutes late and your policy is that you will shoot whatever remaining time, but they sacrifice the time they were late. I think this is a policy a lot of people have. Yeah, it's mine. So you get to the end of the 45 minutes that is now your session and your client is behaving in such a way or says something kind of derogatory where they're like, like you can tell that they're frustrated that they're only getting 45 minutes because they, you know, they paid for an hour in their head, they're feeling sure whatever they're feeling. And so there's so many ways you can handle this. So like I said, so my, I see this visually. So if you imagine you're presenting problem and you've got an arrow pointing up, straight up from that and an arrow pointing straight down from that. And the straight up is where the client is right no matter what. And the straight down is where you are right no matter what. So straight up would be anything you want. I'll give you the extra 15 minutes, even though it goes against my policy. And that's fine if that's what you want to do. But if you've ever had kids you know that you are teaching them what you're going to do in the future Mm -hmm. by caving. Mm -hmm. So you are teaching that client, if they book you again, when it comes to their delivery, you are teaching them that you are going to give them whatever they want. And that if they complain, that's going to get far with you. So then there's straight down, which is you're always right. And that is you were late. This is my policy. Please go home now. (laughs) And That can, um, you probably are going to soften it if you're a nice human being, but that is, that can cause problems for really obvious reasons. Like I think a lot, bad reviews start with that story. Okay. Yeah. So neither of those two things are necessarily the best way to handle it. So then I have a third option that I call sideways, sideways because you're not solving it right away. Mm -hmm. Um, And what you're doing is you're engaging your curiosity and your active listening and what what you the first thing you do is you de-escalate so they're upset you de-escalate the situation by showing them that you're listening and that looks like okay i i see that you're not something's going on what's going on what's in your head are you are you concerned about something and then let them go because what they're going to what they might say is they might say something that helps you figure out they're actually worried about how they look. They're afraid that not getting the full hour, mm. that they're not going to be enough shots of them without the double chin that they're super worried about. Mm-hmm. Or they might have had, you know, you go to a beautiful location and you only got two of the three spots and really in their head, there was just this like one shot that was over in front of the waterfall area and that you just hadn't gotten there yet. And if they just got that one shot, they're going to be just over the moon. And so you are figuring out in that moment by making it safe for them to say what's really going on. And then you can solve their problem with either an emotional solution or a photographic solution by saying, you know what, let's walk over there. I'll give you this extra five minutes and we'll just get that shot because I want you to be happy. Oh, my gosh. Now you only shot for 50 minutes and you have prevented all kinds of bumps in the road later and they feel like you have the best customer service ever. Or maybe they tell you that it's something about their insecurity, which is a lot. Yeah. Very common client issues have to come out, come out with insecurity and you can say, Oh, well actually that's something. Hey, let me show you this shot on the back of my camera. I really feel like we got a lot of good ones. 
But you know what? What if we did two more, did like another two minutes or so of just close-ups of your face? So we make sure that that's in the set like you need it to be. And then what, what ends up happening is you have solved the client's real problem, not the client's fake problem, and you look like a hero. Yeah, that's really good stuff. I really love that. And I think that there's also a word that popped into my mind while you were uh, going through that was the idea of discernment. And, you know, I think about the first job that comes into my head is like a police officer, right? Like, are they going to ticket you? Or are they going to warn you? What's the situation? Is someone in labor in the seat next to you? Like what, you know, like mm-hmm. using discernment also really, really helps depending on the context of the situation, because there are times where someone like shows up to uh like shoot. There was a time where someone was like, oh my God, we got into a fender bender, you know? And I'm like, well, we're going the extra 15 minutes, like, right, right, because that's not like, it just doesn't feel right. And it feels like I'm already here, whatever. But there also have been times where I'm booked back to back. And I'm like, I'm so sorry, you know, Mm -hmm. just so you know, this is where I'm at. But it's like that upfront communication. So I think, yeah, I think discernment something I just thought I'd throw out there. I love that word. And I like I might have said intuition. Mm, Yeah, of course. Yeah. But I think the real, like the big underlying issue is that the best way to communicate with clients is to listen to them and just turn on every possible sense perception that you have really intensely during that time and just try to pick up on everything. And if this is like some of us, this comes kind of naturally too. And for sure, some people it doesn't come naturally through too. So there are you can walk yourself through a list of questions and just say it. Hey, are you worried about this? Hey, are you worried about this? That can work. But figuring out what the real issue is, I've got a I've got like a tiny story that I just heard yesterday yeah. that perfectly illustrates this. Yeah. Okay. So a photographer friend of mine worked for a like big studio that sent out a bunch of photographers, and she just told me the story, and she said, and this was when she was super brand new. And she made friends with the lady who like took all the customer service calls. And the big insight was that the substance of the complaints was usually about the photos. Oh, I don't look the way I want to. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is grainy. Oh, this, they didn't get what I expected. But the people who were complained about were the people who didn't have empathy. Fascinating. So people are complaining about what they're looking at because their brain is going, What's the logical reason I'm upset? And it's grabbing onto the picture that's right in front of them. But the real reason they're upset is what they feel about you as the photographer and what they felt during the session and how you made them feel about themselves. That's fascinating. I That's a great little story. And I just want to go back. I feel like Oprah wanting to tweet something out from her Super Soul <laughs> show, but I'm like... Let's go back to the best way to communicate Please. with your clients is to listen to them because, yeah, I mean, a thousand percent, yes. But also, how many of you listening, when you think of communication, think of extra, like, think of blurting something out of your mouth or writing something down or sending an email, sending a text? Like, that's how we think of communication. But I'm obsessed with this idea that, like, the other side of that coin, which is an equal and mighty side is listening, right? It's probably more important because how the hell do you know what you're about to say? How the heck do you know what you're, you can say what no. you need to say next? <laughs> I, I heard your, your editing one about ble- uh, getting rid of cuss words. And I was like, I don't know if that's on the list. I think that a lot of times when people are afraid to listen, because this is another thing, if you're really empathetic already, 
you might be afraid of what the client is about to tell you because then you feel like it automatically commits you to doing that. Uh, and that's, yeah. that's where you need to really invest in your self-respect and your boundaries. One of the tricks I, do, I use is I, I think of myself as two people. I think of myself as I'm the policy maker and I'm the policy enforcer. And those people, it's like a secret identity. They never get to meet. And they sure as heck are not having a conference right there in front of the client. Mm. If I've made the policy, I'm going to go, let me check on that. Let me think about that. I'm never going to change my mind while the client's right there. And that's like, let me think about it is like your first step towards boundaries. If you can't just like, like say what you're not going to do in the moment. Hey, let me think about that. And then you go home and you think about it. That's brilliant. And you say, here's, here's why that does, that's not going to work. That's brilliant for asking because, you know, I think most of us have had uncomfortable conversations that don't go well, or when we're confronted in a confrontational situation, I think it's natural sometimes to shut down or to just go blank. And so to have, it feels actually physically painful to have like a tool, like, okay, I'm just going to think about this if this comes up, but you know, to get in that habit where you have that tool to go to is beautiful. So let me get back to you. You don't even have to say what your process is going to be. Let me get back to you. Let me get back to you. Like practice that in the mirror 700 times. (laughs) Let me get back. Let me get back to you. Let me get, get, you know, let me get back to you. I love this. And that's how you. So good. Yeah. It's beautiful. Well, so we're coming up on time and I think we'll probably have this conversation in, in at length in the future, because this is really good stuff. I'm just totally. curious. I've got so much more. Good. No, we're going to do this. <laughs> this is a two parter, but but you'll be back for sure, because I'm, I'm just like, delighted by all of this. I am curious for like, what is there anything that you're working on right now that you want to share with the audience that's relevant to communication or any any places that folks can find you and explore this content a little bit more? Oh, yes, absolutely. So I oh, yes. am working I'm working on a course. The idea with the course is that there's all these big principles that are important for communication. um, And then how do those specifically apply to a whole bunch of situations that photographers find ourselves in? This is going to be both for portrait and family photography clients and wedding photography clients. This is specifically about when the person you're communicating with is also the person you're taking a picture of. So it may not apply to like landscape or real estate, but in terms of um, there's just so, so, so many situations dealing with people's insecurity, um, how to set your pricing, how to explain your pricing, how to deal with people who are asking you for a discount. Um, I have a policy. I have a policy I call my no resentment price that I'll break down. So my course, which I'm developing right now, I'm writing and writing and writing and writing. There's just so much. So I'm trying to synthesize it. So it's very easy to put into practice, even if some of this stuff doesn't come naturally to you. And I'm trying to brilliant. But anyway, that should be out in the next couple of months. Um, if you would like to join the waitlist for that course, you can go to my website, libbyneeder.com slash course. Brilliant. And you'll just get on a waitlist. I don't even have an email list yet. So don't like, don't worry about getting spammed. I hate that. That's a part of communication that I refuse to do. So yeah, don't worry about that. But I will, if you're actually interested in the course, get on that list and you'll find out about it. And then I also have a Facebook group. Um, where we just talk about this kind of stuff. You can ask your questions like, hey, I just had this situation come up with the client and me and a, there's a bunch of really smart people in there who can help figure things out. Um, and I post a lot of content about 
uh, various situations and various principles and ideas and just more of this kind of stuff. And that is if you search for communication for photographers on Facebook, the actual link is Facebook slash course slash communication for photographers. And the group is called effective communication for photographers. So oh, that's check so me cool. out in those two places. Yeah, no, great. And again, as always, all of the links will be in the show notes. So people should be able to just pull that right up. But Perfect. before we sign off, I just want to ask you my sign off question, which is what is a favorite piece of advice that you've received or that you live by or that you think people would benefit from or all of the above or none of the above, whatever, just something you think people need to hear? Okay, I'll tell you a post-it note that's stuck to my computer because <laughs> um, it's something I'm trying to work on for myself right now, um, which is confidence doesn't necessarily have to be earned. Oh. Think about all the men you know. Wow. <laughs> so this helps me not to say anything unkind. I'm married to the world's most brilliant man. No, but that's that's good stuff. But there are so many people out there who are like, you know, I've got a good idea and I'm going to share it with you. And they're not worried about it. They're not worried about like, am I a hundred percent perfect before they say their idea? So that's something I'm trying to work on right now. That's a big thing for, for women in general, like in terms of like the sort of gender confines we grow up in, whether you're a woman or you identify as a woman, like it is, it is real stuff where I think there's a, there's a statistic in my coaching group, because we're talking about this kind of stuff, where women will wait to apply for a job until they are fully qualified for it. So this is my one of my favorite, like, this is where I got this, actually. This is Elizabeth Gilbert in Big Magic says this, and she's like, a woman will be 99% qualified for a job and she'll wait till she gets that extra 1%. But a man Before will be 41. Yeah, yeah, but a man will be like 41% qualified and be like, Sure, why not? Yeah, I think Brene Brown actually touches on this too. And I, it's probably a study done somewhere because we're citing to statistics. Right. But I mean, it is it is a very real cultural gender divide, however you identify. And it's like, a, it's it's real. So I think, I could you say it one more time before we sign off? Oh, confidence doesn't necessarily have to be earned. Have good ideas, but you don't have to earn the right to be confident. That's right. From other people. That's right. I love it. Thank you. So thank you so much. This was wonderful. Again, notes are in the notes or links are in the notes. Notes are in the notes. Of course, the notes are in the notes. Thank you, Libby. It was a pleasure. Also, I heard you say growing your business is like growing your hair out. And that's been with me. And I've actually said that to so many people lately. I told my niece who's in therapy, I was like, you know, it's kind of like growing your hair out. And she's like, yeah, like it's such, it was so good. I was like, oh, I'm, that's good. That's fantastic. So, oh my God, maybe we can pop that one into the front of this episode. producer. <laughs> Please. Thank you so much, Natalie. This was awesome. I would love to come on again. Yeah. I'm going to hang out in your clubhouse room and Ooh, let's woo. do stuff. We will make it happen. And again, that clubhouse room is Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Central. I'm at Jennings Photo. Libby is at Libby Neder, N-E-D-E-R. And so if you are on Clubhouse and want to connect and have a chat, please do so. I'll be back every Tuesday and Thursday with more episodes, 10-ish minute episodes. And if you are a listener who wants to share their story or their knowledge, email me, Natalie, at photobizhelp.com. And maybe I will be chatting with you on the show sometime soon. 
Thanks for listening. That was part two of our two-part series with Libby Nieder. I'm definitely going to have her back on the show. If you would like to connect with her, sign up for her waitlist for her communication course, check out her Facebook group. All of that stuff is available in the show notes. In everything you want to achieve, consistency is key. I'm going to be back next Tuesday and Thursday with more episodes. And if you are interested in sharing your knowledge and or your journey as a photographer on the show, you can email natalie at photobizhelp.com and let me know what you'd like to talk about. I'd love to connect with you and share your story. Have a beautiful rest of your week. After over 10 years full-time as a lifestyle photographer, I've discovered eight things that every photographer should do to build and grow a strong photography business. If you would like to strengthen your business in 2021 and learn more about the eight things that have helped me build a solid photo biz, head to photobizhelp.com forward slash eight things. That's the number eight things to get your copy of the eight things that I've done over the last 10 years to build a successful lifestyle photography business. That's photobizhelp.com forward slash eight things. Remember in everything that you want to achieve, consistency is key.